Father, we thank you this morning as we come before your word. Pray that your word will minister to your people this morning. We thank you that as we start the Easter week today, truly may we find meaning. May we find the significance of the celebration. And may we know that you are truly and indeed the reason for the season. Amen. Okay. Today I want to preach on the message entitled The Prayer of Faith. Go with me to James chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. James chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. I read. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. If James was in our climate, he would have said, if you are suffering, don't put it on social media. Just pray. You know, sometimes the the emojis makes us too expressive on social media outlets, and I don't think it's the best. Amen. Pray. If you are suffering, don't post it on social media. Don't post it on your WhatsApp status updates. Don't tweet it. Don't even take a picture and put it on IG with a sad, a sad emoji in addition. Don't put it on your WhatsApp. Uh, feeling depressed, feeling down. Well, the, the remedy is right here. If you are suffering, pray. Prayer is a perfect remedy to suffering. Amen. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And I think we'll, that's all. We'll just remain here. Amen. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And the elders of the church here, it does not necessarily represent people who are older, biologically speaking. Elders of the church here refer to people who have a good standing in the faith. Amen. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith, you can underline that or highlight it, will save the sick. <clears throat> and the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Amen. Before we get into the meat of our message today, let me read the second scripture in addition to make a point. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18. I'm going to take this in the NIV. and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people amen the reason why i wanted us to read the second scripture is i want to present to your attention that there are different kinds of prayers. And the Bible says so. It says that pray in the Spirit on all occasions with different kinds of prayers and requests. So two things that we can learn from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, especially in, in the version we read it, NIV. There are different kinds of prayers. What we just did this morning, um, before Pastor Jessica gave the announcement, was a, a form of prayer. 
It's called worship. Thanksgiving is a form of prayer. If you do remember, in our midweek Bible study on the subject of meditation, we did come to the conclusion that meditation is also a form of prayer. So there are different kinds of prayer. One of the, one, another kind of prayer is what we call the prayer of agreement. And what's the prayer of agreement? As the Bible says, it's when two or more come together and they pray as touching concerning a thing. I remember one time I was praying with somebody and we were on the phone. He said, oh, pastor, I want to really pray with you, but I can't touch and agree. I said, well, touch is just a euphemism. We can just do it on the phone. It just means that we are in agreement. We are in concord. And it's like, oh, okay. So, so when, when you touch and agree, it just means that you both have one mind, one heart, and one purpose concerning the thing. So you, we can be maybe in different parts of the globe, but we can still agree together and pray. That's called the prayer of agreement. Today, we want to talk about another kind of prayer, which is called the prayer of faith. But before that, the Bible says that pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And what's the meaning of praying in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit means speaking in tongues. So the Bible implores us to speak in tongues on a regular basis. Regular. On all occasions. Amen. Now back to James chapter 5. The Bible there was talking about one kind of prayer called the prayer of faith. Now what is the prayer of faith? The prayer of faith is exercising your faith in accordance with God's word and will. In a request. Please, can someone mute him or herself? The prayer of faith has to do with exercising your faith in accordance with God's word and his will. Those two things are very important. You don't just exercise your faith in a vacuum. You exercise your faith in accordance with God's word and his will in a request. And this is normally exercised in petitions and supplications. You know, petitions and supplications are also kinds of prayer. When we talk about petition or supplication, it has more to do with coming to God with a request. So when Jesus um, gave the formula to his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, the same scripture is in Luke chapter 11, where he taught his disciples how to pray. In one of the lines, he said, Give us this day our daily bread. That's a prayer of supplication. You see, he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's worship, that's thanksgiving. That is a form of prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's another kind of prayer called intercession. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, coming to God with a petition, with a need that you want God to meet is called petition or supplication. And what 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 makes us able to pray that kind of prayer and and exercise that kind of prayer is called the prayer of faith the posture in which to do that is exercising our faith in accordance with god's word and his will and then believing god for an answer so the focus on the prayer of faith is on god's ability and not what man can do with his faith per se so it has nothing to do with how powerful my faith is 
although that plays a role, but in the bigger picture, it's about God's ability, what God can do. Man's prayer without God's approval is very powerless in itself. So that is one thing we all have to know. Now, in our first scripture reading, we see the potency of the prayer of faith when we minister to the sick. In James chapter 5, the prayer of faith here is in relation to ministering to a sick. And what happened? The Bible says that the prayer of faith is able to save the sick. And when you look at that word save, it means three things. It means make well, heal, restore to health. So we can read it like this. The prayer of faith is able to make well, heal, and restore to health the sick. And how is it that the person is able to experience healing? The person is able to experience that if you look at the scripture carefully because of the prayer of faith. It says that call for the elders of the church, anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith. <clears throat> so if you don't take care, you might think that there are three purposes or three reasons why the person is healed. You might think, okay, one, the elders of the church. Number two, anointing with oil. And number three, the prayer of faith. But may I submit to you this morning that what actually made the difference is the prayer of faith. Every believer can exercise his faith and pray what we call the prayer of faith and get the same results. Now, you have to understand that James was talking about this in a context, in a church setting. But what about if you are also not in a church setting where there is an administrative setup and you meet someone who is sick? Are you going to tell me that you are going to call for an elder or a pastor or someone in good standing. Why don't you who have become a Christian who is also in good standing with the Lord pray? And then secondly, anointing oil. Now, there is something you have to understand about this word anointing here. When it's talking about anointing, it's not talking about anointing someone as with anointing oil. The anointing here is olive oil, and it was used for medicinal purposes. A typical example is in Luke chapter 10. When the good Samaritan met the wounded man, one of the things he did, if you pay close attention to that text, is he anointed the guy with oil. Why did he anoint him with oil? Because he had wounds. He used wine, and he anointed him with oil. So when the Bible says, anoint the sick, it is talking in like manner of that. It's not necessarily talking about anointing someone with oil, which is an emblem of the Holy Spirit. How be it? There is nothing wrong if you also want to anoint somebody with oil and pray for the person to be healed. But what brought the Zynga effect, what made the person healed, is the prayer of faith. So, we will have to look more into how we will be able to operate in the prayer of faith. Because right here in James chapter 5, verse 13 to 15, we realize that when the prayer of faith is in full operation, in full swing, it is able to produce a result. And I'm hereby admonishing every believer that all of us here, listening to me at the sound of my voice, can equally pray this prayer of faith 
and we will experience the same results. Mark chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. Today is Palm Sunday, and this scripture is 48 hours after Palm Sunday. I think Minister Lily just read the event. So 48 hours after that, we are going to look at an instance and a scenario about what Jesus is about to do. So let's read. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Excuse me. But believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. So let me just put it in today's time so that we understand. So let's just say this happened on a Tuesday. Now I'm not saying that's what happened in that biblical day, but let's just say it happened on a Tuesday because Palm Sunday is today. 48 hours is Tuesday. So on the, on the Palm Sunday, Jesus had experienced that triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Then, the next day, he was hungry. The Bible says in Bethany, he went to a fig tree, hoping he will find some figs to eat, but they were only leaves. And then he spoke to the tree, let no one eat of you again. Such a, such a, a harmless statement. Similarly a harmless statement. Then from there, he went into the temple and drove out the money changers and overturned the tables and all that stuff. And he said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Now, if you read just Matthew's account, you ask yourself, ah, was Jesus hungry? That's why he did that. Because they said a hungry man is an angry man. But if you read John chapter 2, the Bible lets us know that he was fulfilling a prophecy by Isaiah. The zeal of my father's house have consumed me. So that's why he did that. He didn't do that because he was hungry. He did that because he was fulfilling a scripture in the book of Isaiah. So that was 24 hours. The next day, the Bible lets us know while they passed by, Peter drew his remembrance and he said, 24 hours ago, you cursed the fig tree. And this fig tree has withered. It's died. And Jesus, a very good teacher, used this analogy to teach something on the prayer of faith. And he's talked about, Peter, have faith in God. I say to you, if you say to this mountain. Now, when Jesus said that, he was standing in the region of a mountain. He was very near to the Mount of Olives. And that was visible. So Jesus said, if you even say to 
this mountain, pointing to that Mount of Olives, be removed and be cast into the sea. It will obey you. And you will have what you say. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, may I submit to you this morning that when you see the word mountain here, it means two things. It can be a literal mountain, mountain or an figurative expression. Now, when Jesus was telling them that you can say to this mountain, he was not necessarily telling his disciples to try that. All that Jesus was saying is that your faith is that powerful and that potent that it can move things from one place to the other. Now, what makes the prayer of faith operative is your faith. Faith in this context is a gift. And it's what we call the God kind of gift. If you read Romans chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible lets us know that God has given to every man a measure of faith. So when we are talking about have faith in God, we are not talking about your natural faith. We are talking about the faith you received upon the inception of receiving Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. So what we have to know is that it's only Christians that qualify to pray the prayer of faith. Because for a Christian to pray this prayer of faith, it's not going to be based on his natural faith. It's based on faith that he has received as a gift from God because he has received Christ into his life. As his Lord and personal Savior. Now, there are three things I want us to note when it comes to this God kind of faith. One, it impacts upon your speech, it affects how you talk. Jesus said it. He said, If you say to this mountain, so when you tell me you have the God kind of faith, It shows in your talk. It shows in how you speak. Your speech life is indicative of the God kind of faith. I had a friend in school. And whenever I knew he was nervous, it was very easy to know. How will I know? Because he starts to make so many mistakes in his his sentences. He's, he's he's he's, He's very oratorial by nature. Speaks perfect English, grammatical tenses on point, everything. But once I start seeing him mixing third, third person singular, he, she, you know, he cannot mention certain words. We just know the guy is nervous. We should not let him do this thing. So anytime he was nervous, it showed. His speech was incoherent. Ladies and gentlemen, if you tell me that you have the God kind of faith, it has to impact upon your speech. That's the first thing. So Jesus says that if you have this God kind of faith, you will say. You will not just think it. There's a time for thinking. There's a time for meditating. But in this prayer of faith, you have to be able to authoritatively speak to certain things. That's the evidence of the prayer of faith. Number two, you don't have doubt in your heart. When you have doubts in your heart, it's an expression you are dealing with unbelief. 
So this God kind of faith deals with doubts. Is it? There is one thing that you have to understand about doubts. Doubts will never be eliminated. We will always have doubts with us. But a person who has the God kind of faith in operation is able to deal with doubt that doubt will not short circuit his faith, which will affect the prayer of faith. And number three, he believes the things he says. Listen, words are things. Words are not just in it. Words are not just something you just say. Words are things. Words are substance. Words carry ideas. Words are containers. Words are powerful. And that's why when you read the book of Proverbs, it says that anybody who speaks will eat the fruits of what he says. Words are powerful. Words are things. So, with that in mind, we have to understand that for us to pray the prayer of faith effectively, it really has to depend on the operational activity of our faith and the growth of our faith. With that in mind, I would like to talk about how to enhance your faith. Because when your faith is enhanced, it becomes easier for you to pray the prayer of faith. Amen. Now, when it comes to the prayer of faith, what Jesus did, it had nothing to do with shouting per se. He just spoke a word. So, when we are talking about the prayer of faith, it doesn't depend on your shouting. It just depends on the hot and fervent operation of your faith. It, it doesn't even have to do with duration per se. Now, there is a time for, you know, spending time with God and, you know, being in the presence of God and all that. But the prayer of faith has nothing to do with duration. The Bible lets us know that Jesus says, let no one eat from you again. I probably don't think he spent more than five minutes on that. But the tree died. The, the, the prayer of faith has nothing to do with duration per se. And it also has nothing to do with vocabulary. Prayer is not a time to now exercise how you can talk and how fluent you are and how oratorial you are. It has nothing to do with that. The prayer of faith will work when your faith works. So it's very important for us to understand how we can enhance, build, grow our faith. So that when our faith becomes well-nourished, well-established, it becomes easy for us to now operate in what we call the prayer of faith. Amen. So in the next phase of our teaching, let's look at some godly activities in enhancing our faith. When your faith is being built, it determines the power and potency behind the prayer of faith. Amen. So number one, faith boosters. I want to go through this quickly. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. Let me read this in the Amplified. By you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, an edifice here is just the old English word for building. So, continually progress. Rise like a building. Higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So you see right here that faith grows 
when we have an x-ray of your faith today as i speak what will be the level of your faith is it a basement faith is it a ground floor faith is it a maisonette maisonette is normally two stories right is it a story building faith that's more than more than two stories more than two floors now or is it a skyscraper faith will your faith be like let's say empire state building because that's the popular building we all know in new york the bible says that when you speak in tongues when you pray in the holy ghost you build your faith and then you rise higher and higher like a building that is being built so when you speak in tongues you are adding more blocks to your faith it is it is like just a skyscraper I don't even want to be like Empire State Building because that's not the tallest building in the world. The tallest building in the world is in Dubai, Burj Khalifa. Will you have Burj Khalifa faith? It all comes when we pray in the Holy Ghost. We have to make it a conscious effort to spend as much time praying in the Holy Ghost because when we pray on the Holy Ghost, we build upon the foundation of our holy faith. And when you build upon the foundation of your holy faith, your faith will rise higher and higher. So sometimes there are certain Christians who don't have high faith. They are not growing their faith. They are not building their faith because they have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which comes with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, if you don't speak in tongues, you go to heaven. You go to heaven. I mean, you don't need speaking in tongues to go to heaven. What you need to do to go to heaven is receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. But when it comes to how to effectively operate as a believer here on this earth and experience victory at all times because that is what God has destined for you to be, you will be sure of that because you don't have that faith to do that. So that really plays a key role. Number two, the Word of God. May I talk about two actions when, it talks, when, when, when I talk about the Word of God? Number one, hearing it, and number two, applying it. When you read Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God gave us faith through the Word, hence our salvation. If you recognize the source of a thing, that is where you go for the maintenance of it. For example, when you buy a car, one of the things that will make a car move is fuel. Do you, do you fuel it only once? You have to be refueling if you want your car to perform at an optimum capacity. Likewise, when we became Christians, we became Christians because it was through the word of God that we experienced faith. And therefore, for us to maintain that faith life, because the Bible says it four times in the Bible that the just shall live by faith. For us to continually walk and live by faith, it is imperative that we hear the word of God or read the word of God or look into the word of God. The more you read the word of God, the more you develop a consistent Bible reading life you are building your faith. The second thing is applying it. When you read James chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, the Bible lets us know that faith without works is dead. And James gives a very interesting story that when you see somebody who is hungry, you don't just say, 
oh, all is well, and then you depart. But it's more important for you to feed the person when the person is hungry. You have put your faith into action. One of the ways by which we will grow our faith is for us to apply what we hear. Put legs to your faith. Every preaching you hear, put legs to it. Let it become practical. Every morning devotion you do, put legs to it. Let it be practical. Because when you don't do that, you are operating on a dead faith. May I submit to you that there are many Christians who have received the gift of faith, but they are operating on a dead faith because they don't apply the word. You've heard the word on pray without season. When was the last time you decided that, oh, I've heard the word on pray without season, so I'm going to spend time praying? You don't do it. You are operating on dead faith. Faith without works is dead. Oh, I am the righteousness of God. See, Christians, we like to confess things, and it's nice to confess things. But the other side of confession is to reciprocate our belief with action. Faith without works is dead. So if we want our faith to be hot, if we want our faith to be living, if we want our faith to be active, we have to put into practice what we truly believe. Faith without works is dead. Number three, prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 to 21. Let me read this one. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Now, if you want to understand this story, read Mark chapter 9 because Mark chapter 9 is very detailed. It spends about 15 verses, verses 14 to 29. And it details it very well. Now, when you look at this story, this was about the epileptic guy. The Bible says that he fell into the fire and into the water often, you know, and, and he, he went into seizures and he will foam at his mouth. Such a terrible plight that befell a boy because the Bible says he was a boy. So the father, like every good and caring father and loving father will do, took the boy to the disciples of Jesus. And the disciples could not pray for him. I mean, they prayed, but there was no results. So now, the, 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 the father now took the boy to Jesus, and Jesus prayed for him. And the Bible lets us know that that spirit that was upon him came out of the boy, and then he was healed instantly. Now, it was a puzzle. So, in their private audience with Jesus, the disciples now ask, why could we not cast this epileptic spirit out? For your information, not every sickness is a lifestyle or as, as a result of lifestyle choices. There are some sicknesses that are evil spirits. And this was one. This guy was sick not because of lifestyle choices. This guy was sick because he had an evil spirit. Because the Bible says when he prayed, the spirit behind that sickness left him. And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So Jesus was just given, he was speaking in an allegory here. He said that you can have 
faith as small as a master seed. It doesn't mean that faith, the size of faith is a master seed. But he is saying that it can be that insignificant. But when you say to this mountain, if you do remember in my earlier assertions, I said wherever you see the word mountain, it could refer to something literal or something figurative. Now, when Jesus was talking to his disciples here, he wasn't near a mountainous range. There was no mountain in sight. So when Jesus was talking about this mountain, he was talking about something figurative, which means something difficult, something impossible. So he was saying that if you say to this impossible situation, and probably he might have pointed at the boy, because the boy's case was impossible. It was a difficult thing. He said, if you say to this impossible or this difficult situation, move from here to there, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. One of the powerful effects of prayer and fasting is that it deals with doubts in our hearts. Whenever you have doubts in your heart, it's an expression of unbelief. And when you have that expression of unbelief, it becomes very difficult to operate powerfully in faith. Faith grows, it becomes potent, and it becomes powerful in the absence of unbelief. So we have to learn how to deal with unbelief. When we deal with unbelief, it becomes easier living and walking by faith. For this reason, make it a point to be part of our fasting and prayer um, session this week, which we call Easter Prayer Revival. Because one of the many benefits that comes from prayer and fasting is that it deals with unbelief. And when it deals with unbelief, you will, you will not have doubts in your heart. Because when doubt is in your heart, and when you speak forth the word of God, it will not work. It short circuits the power. Are you understanding me? So make it a point to be here and let's pray. And I recommend Pastor Jessica and Pastor Robert's messages on fasting. Listen to that over and over and over and over and over again, especially during a time of fast. That's what I do. The last fast we did, I played Pastor Jessica and Pastor Robert's message back to back. That's it. Every day till the end of the fast. I made sure when I sit down in one sitting, I listen to two messages. Pastor Jessica's message on fasting, Pastor Robert's message on fasting. Every day. And then I pray. And, and when I do that, I realize that it gave me a certain oomph and, and a certain push to keep on praying and fasting. Amen. So many benefits of prayer and fasting, but one of it is that it deals with unbelief. And one of the many expressions of unbelief is when you have doubts in your heart. Remember, faith becomes easier to operate in, in the absence of unbelief. So let's deal with unbelief by prayer and fasting. Amen. Now, the, the last booster I want to talk about is love. I'll just read just one scripture out of this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. AMPC, Amplified Classic. Listen, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision our uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated, energized, and expressed working through love. 
four, four things, four words he uses here. Your faith can be activated, can be energized, can be expressed, and can work. But it will only work through love. So love is very important. You can't be a loveless person and you want to pray the prayer of faith. It will not work. The evidence of love definitely shows in our relationship with our fellow uh, humans. When you read verse 26 of 11, that's the, the, the scripture that we used for today in Mark chapter 11. When you read verse 26, Jesus was talking about unforgiveness. He said, and when you stand praying, if you have ought against your neighbor, forgive him so that your father in heaven will forgive you. He said, it's a continuation. That's why it started with end, conjunction. It's a continuation. So the prayer of faith can become irrelevant. It can become lifeless when we don't have love. And the evidence of love shows in how quick you are to forgive one another. So ladies and gentlemen, if we have ought against any, let us let it go. It is not worth it because your prayers can even go unanswered. When you read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible lets us know that even if spouses, when they don't live together in harmony and at peace, their prayers go unanswered. It's cut off. It is hindered. And you and I should never come to a place where our prayers are cut off, our prayers go unanswered, our prayers are hindered just because we are not expressing the love of God by forgiving one another. So these four godly activities build our faith, which help us to pray the prayer of faith. Let me leave you with a quote from Minister Lily's preaching. In case you've forgotten, she said something when she preached on what does it mean to look like Christ. If you see somebody love, you have seen Jesus. That is the pinnacle of Christian living. What is after a pinnacle? There can never be anything after a pinnacle. That's the apex. That's what matters. And that's why when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, everything will pass away. Speaking in tongues will pass away. Everything will pass away. Even the prayer of faith will pass away. But love will be the only abiding and resting thing. So ladies and gentlemen, these four godly activities can boost our faith and will help us pray the prayer of faith effectively. May I close my message with this scripture again, this time starting from verse 22 of Mark chapter 11. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. God wants us to have what we say. God wants us to ask when we pray. And on this note, I charge you to take your prayer life seriously by building your faith up and participate, especially in this fasting and prayer week, which is dubbed our Easter prayer festival. 
and watch this scripture come to pass in your life. Don't come to a place where you just read the scriptures, but read the scriptures and have an experiential knowledge of it that I have experienced this scripture practically in my life that whatever I see happens. And that's the prayer of faith. And ladies and gentlemen, every believer qualifies to pray this prayer of faith. Let's pray. Father, we receive your word with humility. We receive your head, we receive your word with a heart mixed up, mixed with faith, that it will profit us. We thank you, O Lord. Convict us where we need to change. And Father, we pray that wherever our faith is found short, may we apply any of these activities that will help us to have a good faith standing. That whenever we pray the prayer of faith, we will indeed receive results. And Father, we thank you that as we engage in the prayer of faith, may we see your power, may we see your glory. It's all about you, not about us. Thank you, Lord, for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.